This is 251 Now with Kelly Finley, the go-to place for what's happening in our local community. Presented by Spring Hill College and the Mobile County Health Department. The businesses you need to know about, local artists to support, restaurants to visit, community leaders making a difference, local topics you and your friends are talking about now. Good Sunday morning and welcome to... 251 Now with Kelly Finley. I'm Kelly Finley. Excited to talk to you. We're wrapping up the month of April, and what better way to really uh, give back in a big way than to help our furry friends? As I do each Sunday, I have my guests introduce themselves and tell you which organization they're with, and then we get right to the conversation at hand. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you. Let everyone know who you are. My name is Anna Bush, and I am the president of the Friends of the Mobile Animal Shelter, and the Mo- Friends of the Mobile Animal Shelter, FOMAS, as we call ourselves, works with the City of Mobile Animal Shelter. FOMAS, I love saying that name. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, many times we hear acronyms, we think we know, but we don't know. What is your role? The the mission of FOMAS is at least threefold. Um, Our primary mission is to assist the animals housed at the City of Mobile Animal Shelter to find homes for adoptable animals and to... um, reduce the number of unwanted animals in our community through the uh, spay and neuter programs. So when you work with the City of Mobile's Animal Shelter, are you working, are, are you handling one side of the conversation, they, they handle the other? Um, do the lines sometimes cross in a good way so that everyone is making sure that these pets find a good home? I certainly like to think so. We, um, we only take animals. We're sort of a captive audience for the city shelter. We only take animals that have come through the gate of the city shelter, either as owner surrenders or as strays or occasionally from the police department in an emergency welfare type situation. Okay. And so um, if you just call me up and say, I need to bring you an animal, I'm going to say, no, you need to call the front office and talk to the city because they need to be the gatekeeper in terms of space. But if I have talk to you and if i believe this is a good animal that we can place i will try to help you know make sure that as soon as it comes in it gets the appropriate attention the city does that as well Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's i have a little back back story for the animal so i can kind of help out as much as i can okay so i feel like i'm like uh, asking questions for the people okay Okay. hearing this the question would be why don't the animals just stay at the shelter why how can fall even though you're both doing great work as far as making sure these animals have um, homes and are adopted out, why don't they just stay at the shelter? Well, they do. If they come through FOMAS, in general, they stay at the shelter. Okay. We um, we have been uh, working in the shelter since 2000, and in 2015, the kennel was built specifically for animals that FOMAS was working with. Um, there's, there's a very large number of animals that come through the shelter gate, and that was for dogs. And then meanwhile, they, we, the city had a building that had cats in it that um, was in terrible shape and it needed to be redone. So we had our contractor do both, and the city was able to pay for the cat building. So if they come into FOMAS, they, they stay physically on the shelter property unless they go into foster homes, and some cat animals do. And fortunately, a lot of our cats move to Petco, and we have really good adoptions there, so they move very quickly through Petco. And I'm thrilled with all the local people who come to Petco looking for cats. And we get a lot of uh, really good reviews on those cats. I think we do about 100 cats a year there, which is a really, really good adoption number for, for cats. Um, right now, really since the pandemic, we are not doing a tremendous number of dog adoptions. The city is doing them more directly, and, and that is working out 
pretty well because the dogs are a little more labor intensive in terms of loading them up, taking them places. You have to have the big kennels and, and a lot of people available to walk them. So, um, But we're, we hope to maybe get back into that routine. We, uh, we actually have a vehicle now that we can move them in, so it's not quite like putting them all in my car and trying to get them to <laughs> across town. I can imagine pulling up to a red it, light next to you. It was a, it was, <laughs> yeah, she's, what is she doing? What is she doing? You know, we're just manhandling those crates and everything was getting, I'm not getting any younger here. So I'm glad that you, you helped us understand that because many people don't know until they're in the lane of, I think I want a dog or I think I want a cat. Right. And I'm happy you talked about our cat families and our cat friends because we're dog, we're a dog family. Yeah. And I, I know I talk about dogs a lot. So, Whenever I can hear some cat yeah. love, you know, it's yeah. always good to help. Yeah. I've always been a dog person with the cats. It's kind of like, well, I'll do this until somebody else steps up. And that was about <laughs> seven or eight years ago. So <laughs> so on average, okay, let's say let's say we're not in a pandemic year. How many animals are you able to, uh, have you been seeing that you've been able to place? Um, prior to, I would say 2018, 2019, um, those years, we did about 300 to 320 animals. Um, and... We were kind of on a on an arc to continue that. The pandemic really set things out back. There was some, there was also some management changes at the shelter. So in terms of um, who was moving the animals, where we we didn't always have a, a real clear line. I think we're trying to get all that squared away now. Um, but we are there's a, a need to to really focus right now on avoiding animals having to come into the shelter. The shelter has always been ridiculously full and 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 i appreciate that citizens are like well why do you mean i can't bring this animal that i found or that i can't keep or whatever because you're quote unquote full you know i'm a i'm a taxpayer or whatever and i i certainly feel their point of view but it's it's um not fair to ask the shelter to continue to take animals too when there's when there's really no good outlet for them and so we um we're trying to help people in the community say you know Maybe you can keep your animal if if you have access to some services or or some things like that. And and the shelter, the new shelter director is is very much on board with that kind of thing. So, um, it's not moving fast, but I think it is moving in that direction. And and FOMUS really hopes to be a part of that. When you talk about services, does that include spaying and neutering? Spaying and neutering, vaccination. Sometimes as simple as needing a little bit of dog food to get through the end of the month. Um, mm. And we the the facility currently does not have the capacity to really have a food pantry or anything like that. But again, if I understand correctly, the city is serious this time about building a new shelter. Um, and it's not going again. Nothing like that happens overnight. But I think that's part of the plan. The long range mm-hmm. plan is to put some of that in there. The, the director can speak to that better, of course. right? And we're this is this is all about FOMUS right, today right. because it's very easy for different um, organizations to crisscross right. um, lines, and it's really important to me. To help people to better understand the differences, yes, but but more importantly, the positives that can come out of this for these pets being adopted. I can I can tell you that um, we adopted our Megan Auburn Cinnamon Jones from, <laughs> from the shelter, and so and just going there and and there's a, I mean there's a lot of love that needs to be had by these animals, but you want to place them right um, in the in the right homes and, and and situations. Correct, and like I said, that's one of the things we we're trying to do. I'm, I'm dealing right now with a lot of people who have kind of been over overwhelmed by cats just trying to help them get get their cats fixed and and even just the logistics of it how do i you know getting in touch with a vet that can do it at a reasonable price and so that's a, a lot of where i've been focused we also one of the things that i know brought brought us to your attention was um these vaccine clinics um yes. petco love um which is the um 
charitable arm of the Petco Corporation is very interested in community vaccinations because in communities like ours, where, which have a large population of stray animals as well as a large population of lightly owned animals who don't really they have a home, but they kind of wander around and frequently have, have litters, and they don't always get their animals vaccinated. Um, providing free vaccinations to um, cats and dogs. And we, we just had a clinic um, April the 2nd at Little Flower. We had about 75 animals that got rabies and, and then either DAPPV for dogs or FCP for cats. We plan to have another one on May the Seventh, I believe that's a Saturday. Okay. And that also, I believe, will be a little flower to be determined. I'll let you know if I have any change on that. But um, it will be similar, and uh, it, will be, it will be community-wide as well. We won't just limit it to the city. Might be. We wanted to focus first on that because we, again, serve that shelter. Yeah, and, and helping to keep illnesses very low. That's where those vaccines come into play. And spaying and neutering so that these, these animals aren't continuing to do what animals like to do. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Um, you know, you, it, and because information does change, this is where your social media um, um, pages really make a difference because you can update people on what's going on right yes and we're trying to do that um we we uh our facebook page um i i usually am posting on that pretty regularly i sometimes think oh i should have posted this but we we do the very most we can on that and we've got an instagram page now that's uh starting to starting to get a little traction um so Follow us there, but you're also welcome to um, contact us. Um, we have a phone at the at the shelter, and you can call us that on that number. Give us that number. 251-208-2830. Mm-hmm. And if you uh, go to our webpage, which is adoptapetmobile.org, that gives you some alternative ways to contact us as well. And, you know, you were sharing with me that Facebook Messenger is a really easy way for people to get uh, in touch with you quickly because they right. may have a question. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that will come to my phone if I just happen to be out, you know, running around the building or running around out <laughs> out in the field at the vet's office or whatever, I'll know there's something I need to take care of or try to get back to somebody on. If I were looking in your Facebook Messenger and your in your messages, what's a common question that you get asked? I mean, one of the most common of course is, "Hey, I have an animal I can't keep or hey, I found an animal I can't keep." And um, you know, of course, my first question is going to be, "Are you in the city limits?" because um I don't really have any um influence or contacts or anything outside the city limits i mean there are some rescues that are do do great work out there and i i may know if you're in the county here's the phone number for the county shelter that's the best i can tell you but if you're in the city limits i'm going to um you know ask you to you know contact the city shelter to see if if they have room for an intake and and possibly if if there's if there's room for a conversation is there is there something we can do to maybe help you you know keep this animal in in your home if if it's your own animal for example if there's a family member that might be able to step up and help um it you know many people are just they they get overwhelmed and sometimes they're they're kind of panicking and and sometimes it's just a question of if if they take a little time and think about it they may be able to work it out themselves hopefully but if not you know that is um how it would work for me, mm-hmm. in terms of being able to assist them, they would need to be able to bring the animal to the city. And I think, I mean, pets are wonderful, but that's another mouth to feed and, you know, and one to clean up after. And I hope that from people hearing you, at least they'll think, they'll really think it through so right. that they don't make such a rush decision on this great gift they want to give someone. But they give it to a person who may be allergic or, or who's not interested. And now this pet needs a new home. Right. And just not really thinking through, you know, hey, we're going to have this animal and we we may have a baby next year and 
there's no reason you can't have a pet and a baby. Plenty of people do, but um, let's make sure that we're committed to that as well. And right. um, I, I did have a call the other day. Somebody wants to re- return an animal they adopted 10 years ago because it's nipping at their grandchildren. And uh, that's that's a little tough. But, yeah. you know, we will always, FOMUS will always take our animals back. Now, they didn't come. They were supposed to come yesterday, so we're waiting to see. <laughs> well, you know, and, and these pets, you know, as long as you are leading them the right way. <laughs> yeah. I'll just leave it there. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about ways in which people can volunteer to give back and really the mission of um, what it is you're doing in in coordination with the shelter because it's important to understand that teamwork makes the dream work. (laughs) Quick break and more on 251 Now with Kelly Finley after this. Welcome back to 251 Now with Kelly Finley. If you're just joining us, you have great timing. And if you've been listening, you know we've been talking all things FOMUS. I like that, Anna. <laughs> with uh, Anna Bush talking more about what the Friends of the Mobile Animal Shelter really do when it comes to helping the city shelter. Because sometimes people, they're not quite sure. And so you helped us to better understand the lanes and ways and why it's so important for people to live within the city limits and to reach out to the shelter who will then reach out to you. Correct. And we, in addition to... Um, the animal placement. We, we talked about one, the first part of our mission being to improve the lives of the animals at the shelter. Mm-hmm. So frequently what we will try to do is just help the shelter with items perhaps that are um, one-off budget type things that um, going through the normal city procurement process may be time-consuming or may not even get approved. We, we kind of joke about we started with a washing machine and we just did a washing machine. But um, when FOMUS came about in 2000 and then was fin- formally incorporated in 2004, one of the first purchases was a washing machine for the city shelter. And over the years, we bought a number of washing machines. And last July, I just bought another washing machine <laughs> because what are, what are we're washing? pretty hard on washers, uh, blankets and towels and dog beds and if you wash these at home you know they're yes. they're brutal and um you know they tend to uh, have litter in them and all all that matters stuff. yeah <laughs> you have to you have to use a lot of a lot of a lot of washing powder so um those are the kinds of things because it might take you know you we need a washing machine you need a washing machine yesterday and so we we would just I, I will pick up the phone get the washing machine that kind of thing and we rely very much on donations for all of that kind of stuff we are volunteer organization um we i do have one part-time employee now i I did that last year because i wanted people to have somebody answer the phone when they call and um but otherwise we are just volunteers and we rely on donors to get all these things done and do all the extra medical care and all that kind of stuff and i'm glad you mentioned that because before we went to break i said that we would share how people could volunteer so are there age requirements um what do our friends need to know there are age requirements um to volunteer for FOMUS, we, we normally would require that you be 19, and um, that is because, you know, you are handling animals, and there are some there are some risks involved. You also will need to sometimes um, drive to and from, like a vet's office, for example. Um, we do allow younger people sometimes to volunteer with their parents, but the parents need to be on the premises when we do an off-site adoption, for example, at Petco or PetSmart or one of those places. Um, once a month, weather permitting and um, all, all other factors falling into place, we will have a an event called Run with the Pack where we have people come in and walk shelter dogs, walk or run shelter dogs for about an hour um, on a Saturday, and we encourage families to come. Again, we would want a child to be with their own parent or guardian. It's right. just, even though we try to make sure that all the animals we do pull out are friendly, you just 
It's always an unknown. Yes, it is an unknown. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And when they get around each other and they get excited, I mean, it's it's not necessarily that they're going to bite or harm someone deliberately, Mm -hmm. but they could pull them down or something like that. Do you find that people are, because I feel like I'm surprised. I did not realize your relationship with Petco and PetSmart because sometimes you think of these big name chain stores that they aren't so local. but. Well, yes, and, and I don't, I certainly don't want to leave out our local partners. Uh, B&B Pet Stop and Buddy's Pet Store just up the road here are really very helpful as well. Buddy's takes in some city animals for adoption, and B&B has events that help fundraise for us. We do rabies clinics there. But, yes, Petco and PetSmart, as, an, as national organizations, uh, each have a charitable arm that does oh. a tremendous amount of um, grants and um, adoption promotion and sometimes will donate uh, goods uh, – not as much as they once did. They used to donate a lot of food. I think there's some issues with the manufacturers on that where they won't they won't donate late date food and right. stuff. But but anyway, we're always grateful when they do. Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned buddies. We've had them on the show on two five one now and we're all about supporting local and that's how I first heard of FOMUS. <laughs> that full circle right <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. That is good. It's a small it? town. It is. <laughs> And it's, and it's always good to support our, our local businesses as well. Um, you know, you mentioned that the mission of Friends of the Mobile Animal Shelter is to improve the quality of life for shelter pets, which are housed at the City Mobile Animal Shelter to help them find forever homes. Are you able to keep up with some of these families and kind of check in? We do some. Um, some groups are really very good about it. I, <laughs> I probably should be a little bit better, but we love to get you know, updates on our Facebook page. And and very frequently people kind of remember their animal's quote-unquote birthday, the day they adopted, and they'll send something saying, oh, I adopted Jasmine two years ago, and she's so wonderful. I got kind of a little bittersweet letter the other day from a lady who adopted a dog about five years ago. It was an older dog, and um, I had fostered that dog particularly, so I remembered it well. I had uh, written a little letter, and, and the dog, um, it, like I say, it was probably at least 12 years old now, and it did it did just pass away, but she was saying how, how much joy it had brought her and everything and I was like oh I really needed that today because yes. in this business there's there's some pretty downer days and and some yeah. days when you just oh I blew that one but um it's always always um nice to hear those stories yes well, and especially when your heart's in the right place um yeah, yeah you're to tell you have a tough gig but it's rewarding too so let's back up a little bit and let everybody know where are you originally from i am from mobile alabama mm-hmm. i was born here uh born at providence hospital <laughs> in which high school did you attend i went to mcgill tillon and then after that i went to spring hill college um got a, got a degree in the requisite four years um piddled around worked at the newspaper um and became the newspaper and education manager there i was there about 10 years as that um, while I was there, I worked on a graduate degree. Then I took a job at a newspaper in California uh, and enjoyed it. Uh, took a took a gig on the weekends working at a winery, so I didn't spend too much money. I <laughs> uh, would have loved to have done that full time, but discovered California is too little too rich for my blood. Yes, and yes. I was I was I needed to come home, so I made my way home and uh, finished up my MBA. Went to work at a law firm. I worked at the law firm about fifteen years, if I'm not mistaken. They were wonderful people and uh, very very tolerant of my many oh I have to run to the vet moments. And um, I retired in January of this year from that to try to get my arms around FOMUS full time, and and since then have uh, been working ninety hours a week for free. <laughs> So. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of hours. I don't know. It seems that way. Well, and you're parenting. I mean, yeah. that's you're parenting yeah. some pups and yeah. cats. And- it turns out they want to be fed every day. Imagine that. <laughs> and they don't stop eating. No. <laughs> Where did this love of animals come from for you? Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Growing up, we had pets. My parents weren't 
animal people necessarily. I'm the oldest of five children. They had a generous plenty on their plate as it was. So, but we did, and and I can remember having, you know, a couple of dogs for, for several years. And then after I got married, I didn't really have any great interest in dogs. But when I moved away, I think that was when I moved to California, um, I lived in a little apartment complex and there were no pets there. And I just sort of missed there being dogs around because all my neighbors had always had dogs. So it's sort of like I had a dog that I could go hang out mm-hmm. with, kind of like kind of like having friends with a boat. It was great. You know, they take care of the boat and you just yeah, show up. Right. Well, having friends with dogs was great, too. But somehow I decided I needed a dog myself. And it just sort of spiraled after that <laughs> but it but so many families are um, thankful because of your services what do you think are the biggest misconceptions when it comes to FOMAS well I think a lot of the misconceptions come from and and perhaps a failure of us to have communicated as clearly as we should some people think that FOMAS quote unquote runs the shelter and there are some models out there where you have a nonprofit that that runs a municipal shelter or has some sort of a contract we are strictly a volunteer organization yes we have a a little office there and we have a building with some animals there but we are there basically for the shelter to ask us to do things and we try to do them um as well as as we can or if there's something that we feel like needs to be done do it and or ask to do it um i um recently we had a building that had been vacated um and so with this changeover we now have or the shelter now has a vet that comes once a week and there needed to be a little area for them to work because they were trying to work in the hallways and, and it's always the other dogs are barking and everything. So um, we refurb the little building to be like a little clinic. And, and I think they've been really able to use that well. Right. Cause having dogs and cats making all that noise in the background, they're trying to work. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're trying to, you know, if you're trying to draw blood, for example, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult on an animal that's kind of an unknown factor and, and there's three dogs screaming you know, right behind you about whatever, you know? Yes. So, yeah. Yes, indeed. We have mentioned um, your website, adoptapetmobile.org. And I hopped on there and something that really caught my eye, I love this pet training. Pet yeah. training is available. And has been in the past, um, which was listed on your website. And the website is another great way for people to kind of look into your background as to why you do what you do and, and how they can help. Volunteer opportunities also listed there as yeah. well. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so we, we are not directly offering pet training, but we do have some referral services um, that we've been using. Um, it's, it's so important. Training a pet, I think everybody does it for a minute realizes is you got to make sure you're training the right end of the leash and training in the shelter setting is very difficult because there's just there's no consistency Mm -hmm. really but we we always always encourage anyone who adopts an animal from us to get pet training in and again some of these big companies petco and pet smart offer training coupons when you adopt and there's some other groups that do as well so we encourage that absolutely um the website is um Hopefully going to be revamped very soon and get a little more modern feel, but um, it does have our basic contact information, and, and you can always let us know, and we'll Love try that. to get – the calendar we're working on getting more current. Things change so fast lately. We're still kind of coming in out of the pandemic thing and, and getting back to a regular routine in terms of having our adoption and off-site events. I think most people are trying to do the same, and they totally understand <laughs> yeah. that. Just like, <laughs> I put it on the website, but, you know, it's it may happen. When you, when you look forward in the next six Six months or to a year. What are you hoping uh, FOMAS will look like? Well, I am. I'm looking forward to um, what's going to happen in terms of this new shelter. I'm, I'm super excited about it. I'm, I expect that we will have a, a similar role, but hopefully an expanded role. Especially again, shelter diversion is going to be a priority. Spay and neuter is going to be a priority. Um, there's some. There is some money that's set aside to help 
get that done in our community, um, getting animals vaccinated. I just I think a lot of people are just they just don't understand that there's some really big commitments they need to make and and things like parvo and and um in in dogs and FIV and feline leukemia in cats um are very prevalent and that these can be um can be stopped and or at least contained if people will make these simple changes and get vaccinations and please spay and neuter you have no idea how many oops litters i get people mm-hmm. asking me to help with. I'm so thankful that you joined me and thankful that you continue to use your platform to share the information. It's why you're very involved when it's from a city council standpoint. And, you know, if you'd like more information, again, follow up on Facebook. Website is adoptapetmobile.org. Uh, thank you, ma'am, for joining me. Friends of the Mobile Animal Shelter. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of 251 Now with Kelly Finley. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you back here same time, same place next week. Tune in every Sunday for 251 Now with Kelly Finley, presented by Spring Hill College and the Mobile County Health Department, 730 to 8 a.m., right here on The Sound of Mobile.